0: I was so angry when I read this. I just thought you were harming the entire alcohol industry.
1: I'm Matt Kirkegaard, founder and editor of Australian Brewers News. And as always, I'm joined by our senior journalist, Claire Burnett. Welcome, Claire. Hey, Matt. And our now regular columnist without a title... Sabrina Kunz. Welcome back, Sabrina.
0: Hey, Matt. <laughs> thanks for having me again.
1: Sparking lots of comments again uh, last week for, for your contributions and you know, basically keeping me in line. So uh, thank you for, for, for coming back. Um, now... Let's head to the news desk for all that you need to know in the news of the brewing industry for the week. And we're recording on the 17th of February, 2022.
2: Mm-hmm. So we've had a really big week, actually, for news, as you probably have seen. The breaking news today uh, was that the IBA has a re- rearranged uh, Good Bear Week and BrewCon. So they made a difficult decision to postpone and rearrange um, both of the events. Uh, Good Bear Week, which was set to be held in May, has been cancelled, whilst BrewCon, the major brewing industry conference, set to be held in Queensland. This year um, is being rescheduled for August 2023. Um, the IBA have a video up uh, with Kylie Lethbridge, uh, the chief executive, and Richard Adams, Adams in the chair, just um, dis- just describing what, how they came to that like decision. And you know, it was a tricky one, but it made sense uh, due to all the uncertainty that is ongoing. Um, but they have some more positive messages for this year um, in relation to their big plans for the uh, next 10-year roadmap, Um, Indies Review. They're looking at doing more local and state uh, mashups and networking events. Uh, So there's some really positive stuff on the uh, IBA front as well. Another thing that popped up this in the past week is that the US Treasury uh, released a report um, calling for a level playing field for brewers, which prompted a discussion about similar challenges in the Australian beer market. So we've talked about lots of the issues that were brought up uh, in this report on Brews News um, and in the wider Australian industry, uh, the duopoly in the market. Um, And it was interesting that the US Treasury's report suggested that the two major brewers that in the US make up 65% of the market was too much. Um, when we have about 80 to 90 percent um, owned by two breweries so interesting that they noted that um, they are also talking about anti-competitive practices they're talking about consolidation in the market uh, lots of issues that we ha- also have uh, sort of been dealing with and grappling with over here so it's a really good read get into that have a look um, and it could potentially be useful for our brewers over in uh, Australia just as a little example to the ACCC um, about how this is being considered and how market concentration is being considered in, in other countries as well. We've also got some more international news this week, uh, so it's been a big big week for global news. Uh, people may have seen that Kieran, uh the owner of Lion Australia and Lion New Zealand and Lion Little World, World Beverages, uh, is set to exit their MyAnmar venture. So they announced on Monday that they were urgently going to terminate the partnership uh, with a company in Myanmar that provides welfare fund management services for the military. So this has been a point of contention, especially following the acquisition of Stone and Wood last year uh, when they were sort of considering themselves a conscious business. And this really stuck out as a sore thumb um, in Kieran's sort of uh, repertoire as as something that really wasn't... uh, in line with their values as a company and definitely not in line with Lion's values, uh, which has shown to be a really like inclusive and diverse company recently. They've really made a push to to do that. Um, and as we'll, well, I'll chat about it now. Uh, they've also uh, partnered, uh, Little Creatures, the Lion brand, has partnered with the Sydney Mardi Gras. Uh, so that's the Sydney... Uh, gay and lesbian Mardi Gras and as part of the deal Little Creatures will be the official beer partner for the Mardi Gras for the next three years and Sydney World Pride in 2023. Um, So good work going on at Lion as well. It it continues, uh, I'm sure you will have heard over the COVID period that FAIR, that's the Foundation for Alcohol Research and Education, has been really quite um, vehement in their discussions of drinking and asserting that Australians are drinking a lot more uh, during the COVID period. Now, they've used some Australian Bureau of Statistics um, information and figures to sort of push that point home again this week. Uh, And as you might have, as might be expected, uh, Alcohol Beverages Australia has responded With the points that they have usually raised, Um, so obviously the FAIR report is looking at retail sales rather than on-premise sales. So they don't take into account anything that's offset by the premises closures. Uh, And also ABBA suggested that potentially not just the on-premise issue, but also that people are potentially buying alcohol that's more expensive um, so there's loads of different issues that the fair report just doesn't quite engage with um, so go and ha- see what you think we have put them side by side so you can have a little look at both sides of the argument. Uh, we also had a fair bit of ASX news this week uh, or in the past week or so so Good Drinks are uh, owners of Gauge Roads uh, and Matzos and a couple of other brands. Uh, they've done some pretty good work uh, in their six months results that was posted to the ASX. Um, Pretty strong results in terms of EBITDA of returning $6 million. Uh, sales were up on what Good Drinks called a strong comparative period last year and total revenues for the half year reached $32.7 million, up 15%. Um, one thing to note about the Good Drinks um, update was that uh, contract brewing had gone up considerably, so I think 54% increase in volumes of contract brewing and that was something that was um, highlighted Very early on in their new strategy, I think they posted that about two or three years ago, they really wanted to talk about how um, they would be moving towards a focus on their own brands. Uh, And this is obviously a little backtrack, but we can't really blame them for that. It's been a tough time for everyone. And if Contract Brewing brings in the money, then it brings in the money. Um, Another one, uh, Brew. Uh, We occasionally talk about Brew on the podcast, um, but they have been... Appearing on the ASX also in the past week, discussing how they'd seen unprecedented sales um, in their ALM deal. So uh, they told the ASX that they'd sold more than fifty thousand cases of brew beer, uh, and the company will continue uh, the expansion model for package beer as as they expand to other states and territories. Uh, Now, as you'd expect with brew, there was a few inconsistencies in their presentation and in their uh, results. Uh, So. Take that as you will. Uh, it's It was an interesting one to focus on. Um, they've also updated on the Ballarat property. Um, they're still holding on for the fact that they're going to sell it. Uh, Development Victoria has not given them permission to sell this yet, so that is still hanging over their heads effectively, um, but we'll keep following Brew uh, and see how they go. Up next is another of your bingo card, and that is ABAC. So some of... Australia's largest brews and brands face complaints and had those cl- complaints dismissed, um, covering a lot of different issues. But they also talked about um, Ash Barty, obviously, uh, who had a little cheeky beverage uh, after winning uh, the other week. And that was brought to ABAC's attention Um Hello, Drinks was up there. Lion faced the panel over White Claw seltzers, but there's a huge host of issues that these ABAC um, rulings bring up. Uh, Banks Brewing also um, brought up uh, was brought up against uh, ABAC in relation to their juice bar triple fruited ghost. Uh, Again, appealing to minors, it's something that we've seen a lot with um, craft beer packaging. But really interesting, raises a lot of issues that, as I say, that we've talked about before, are appealing to minors, uh, placement rules and things like that. So go and have a gander and let us know how that one is. Last one on the list, uh, we've got some on-site brewing opportunities in Melbourne. So this is a sponsored post, I'll caveat that. Uh, we've got two... New brewery opportunities open for expressions of interest with a property developer Banco group. Uh, one of the opportunities is located at the office project in Abbotsford and the other at a yet to be announced development in Kew. So if you're a brewer, if you want to brew, if you're interested in potentially setting up in one of these developments, then... um get on the link will be in the show notes and yeah express your interest effectively we actually had a really successful one so when the Banco Group uh, advertised for another site in Melbourne uh, last year year before uh, Bridge Road Brewers um, had a little gander saw that thought it would be for them so uh, don't know if I can totally plug us for that one but they noticed and we helped well done (laughs) and that's it for the news
1: thank you very much Claire big week in news so lots to discuss as we head Below the fold, uh, ABAC. Anytime we mention ABAC, you know, <laughs> if you've found your labels up ahead in front of ABAC, you know, who are you going to call?
2: Who are you going to call? It's Ghostbusters. Not, it's, 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 it's not going to be Ghostbusters because, unfortunately, Ivan
1: Reitman died this week. was oh. a uh, director? Uh, you're
0: looking at my blank stares. You know what I don't know about? I don't know about Ghostbusters, but you know what I do know about.
1: What do you know about labelling? Rallings
0: labels, Stickers and Packaging. Yay, because
1: they're products. not only able to supply labels for your cans <laughs> or bottles, but they can also supply printed or blank cartons, can trays, tap decals, barcodes and shrink sleeves already applied to empty beer cans ready for filling. The guys often get asked, where would a brewery buy a shrink sleeving machine? Because they sound very expensive, but you don't need one. To apply the sleeves to the cans because Rallings will do that. Um, the cans come to your door palletised and ready to fill. Nothing more to do. So give Rallings a call on 1300 852 235 to discuss further. Now, going back to the news team, what are we thinking? What uh, grabbed our attention? Obviously, the IBA rearranges uh, Good Beer Week and BrewCon. Big news uh, that's dropped mm-hmm. just as... It's lucky we were caught on Thursdays. All of the big announcements know, seem to Thursday happen. morning. Well, it was Thursday lucky morning. you
0: were able to assist... Um, the IBA in in getting their video out there, Matt. So that was um, that was really great that you were yeah, able well, to be part of that.
1: That's part of yeah. It, it, it's you know one of the things. The IBA is a small uh, organisation. They take they, they've got a huge role. It's why everybody should be looking to to join them to make sure that they can continue to lobby and act uh, on behalf of the industry. But yeah, no, we yeah. just provided some we production support. You gave we them some we, help. We've got a video editor on staff, and we're able to give them a bit of a hand a- around that. Um, exactly. But so it was a.
2: I mean, people are like, probably like, oh, that's ages away. Why would you do it? I mentioned in the article, Bravo VL, that was cancelled. Bravo Vial was cancelled a couple of weeks in ago and that's
1: in November.
0: November. We started, so, yeah, When prep.
2: I was at the Brewers Guild, we cancelled
0: our October conference in the April of 2020 mm-hmm. um, because everything was so uncertain. Mm-hmm. And I just think that, you know, we're in an environment right now that doesn't look – Less uncertain. Maybe, maybe you know, borders in Australia look like they might be able to open, but the distribution mm-hmm. challenges, people movement challenges, people apprehension. You, mean, you, you yeah. need to
1: order your beer now All if you're going stuff. to be doing events and you mm. need to be planning now and just Why the risk cost, it Why if risk you've it? gone ahead and done it and then it gets mm-hmm. cancelled the last minute. And,
0: and being in a, so- a small association – Um, and knowing – I mean, we made the same trade-off. You could spend the resources, the finite resources that you have on the things that you haven't often had the time to do because you've got these reoccurring massive projects Mm -hmm. that you've been wanting to do for ages and Kylie talked about a bunch of those resources that they want to roll out and it just – I mean –
1: I should just say that you can hear Kylie and Richard, um, you, you, if you haven't seen it already, in your podcast feed. We've put the audio of their announcement into our podcast feed just so our podcast listeners can uh, listen to it.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it just it makes complete sense, doesn't it? I mean,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah, there's an opportunity cost. If, if you're distracted running an event that may never go ahead. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and the opportunity cost of switching. I mean, yeah. running – I know from running our awards, but I also know, you know, if you've got to replan four times – even if you build in some space for you to be able to do other things, and then all of a sudden another mm-hmm. rule changes, and you've got to replan again, That's it's it. just
2: and it just doesn't get got, done well. They've got so much on their plate that this so year, so much. I'm really glad to see that they, you know, and they always do, but they've been talking to their members. They're like, right, well, this is we've really listened to you, and this is what you want, and they're going to deliver that in a way that the IBA can mm, do properly, um, and not have to potentially. Comprom- and and, compromise yeah at and the last minute
0: we've got a federal election coming up and i mean you know their members and and the smaller brewing industry is say represent us that's one of your core things that we want from you is advocacy at a federal level. They've yep. invested significant money in this KPMG report and getting the data.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, the um, a and a, a federal lot. election mm-hmm. is looming. And so that is going to take considerable resources to do that well.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, uh, I mean, that's th- could be a week, but BrewCon as well. So even though mm-hmm. that's further... Um, oh, I was sort of uh, thinking yeah. about BrewCon, oh, really. Oh, BrewCon. But again, it. we're hearing um, when, you, when, you, when you speak to breweries, they're not really keen to send the same number of people... Because if you do have an outbreak, you know, if, if you yeah. do have – I remember last year at the um, AIBAs where we had that – remember we had that brief window
0: before Delta hit? I can't I – I it was the Friday – it was the Saturday.
1: It was – so Friday night or Thursday night was the AIBAs, AIBAs and then those
0: We cases, got out of state Friday. It's yep. Saturday. It started locking down again. But you've
1: got just about every brewery in Australia in the same room. And
0: oh, the jokes about, you know, that you could take the out the whole yeah. industry. You yeah. take
1: out the whole industry. So and, uh, if
0: BrewCon uh, – sorry, we're, we're mixing multiple things. So if Good Beer Week isn't going ahead, is that the first time in its history that it hasn't – The since 11 years, in, yeah. Okay. The 11 years since it was sort of Bintani conceptualised and it's moved through its pieces. So 11 years it hasn't had Good Beer Week. Do you think that AIBAs are going to go ahead as – O- on um, that same Thursday, because that was sort of part of well, the, the, ABI, whole... the
1: AI, AIBA's predate um, yeah. the Good Beer Week, and they managed so, to do the
2: Indies virtually successfully. So why? And they've done the AIBA. There are so, judging challenges
1: because the yeah. AIBA has one of the most you know, extensive panels of judges, all going to Melbourne, and it's a, mm-hmm. it's a long. They've got two thousand odd beers. Yeah, to, I just wonder whether it judge.
0: might change the calendar. Was more? I mean, mm. I'm sure it will go ahead. I don't ahead. think so
1: because Good Beer Week actually takes place. Because Because of of the AIBAs. And, of course, Um, do you think
0: Gabs will go ahead? We haven't seen anything from Gabs that are the other flagship. Well, they wouldn't have known yet. And
1: and this is the fascinating politics about – so the AIBAs always ran because the whole industry was in town when I was editing Beer and Brewer 15 years ago. The then owner um, organised a one-day trade show to capitalise on everyone being in town and didn't go terribly well, so it fell over. But that created the Bintani saying, "Well, we, we've got something," and so I think there was a the great debate was the the first thing because everyone's in town, and yeah. then Good Beer Week sort of
0: yeah grew grew out, out of, of that. The,
1: yeah. Um, but then Gabs was a standalone event that when they made it bigger, um, so it it was just at the tap house, and yeah. I think on their first or second, you know. Times were different back then on the first or second at Gab's at the Tap House. They had lines out the door and they had to go somewhere bigger and Stephen Guy are just such visionaries that they went huge, um, and then, of course, to have it uh, during Good Beer Week. But from memory, there was a little bit of tension um, between it because they were a standalone yeah. event. Well, it'll be but interesting to need.
0: see, you know, so like we've had this big announcement, this makes changes for people's kind of calendars in their mind, everybody who's usually got that week booked, so on and so forth, both for. Um, Good Beer Week which is the upcoming one in Brewcom, but it'll be interesting to see whether announcements follow from those and other big events that take place during Good Beer Week. This
1: story's just dropped this morning yeah, so yeah, uh, yeah. we haven't had a chance to phone Mike and check mm-hmm. some of the other Mike from Gabs and check some of those other things out mm-hmm. but uh, yeah it'll be anyway, really look,
0: interesting. I'm sure those announcements will be coming today because I'm sure the, the IBA yeah. would have been giving the heads up, having the conversations, doing all of the things. And for
1: all of the disappointment that people feel um, about it, congratulations to the IBA for making – well, I I think it's like a really mature and responsible decision to do it so far out that is actually thinking about the industry's best interests and all of the participants.
0: Uh, uh, It gives everybody the ability to plan better differently and it gives them – more resources to put towards other activities for their members. And so I agree with you. I think it's a smart choice.
1: Plan Better Differently. That could almost be a show title. Ooh.
0: Plan Better Differently.
1: <laughs> no, I knew what you meant. Um, okay, so that's uh, IBA arranges uh, Good Beer Week and BrewCon. Um, Interesting one, this brewery con- consolidation in uh, the Spotlight US report. I find this stuff fascinating. America is a very different demographic. Their three tier system, the mm-hmm. different, you know, on, on some ways they're much more liberal with alcohol than we are, in some ways that they're not. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just interesting the way that things are, are differently reflected. So you can never fully compare different jurisdictions because, particularly with alcohol, they're so regulated. But America, which um, you know has a couple of very big breweries, but even so, you've got And
2: that was too much for them. They're like, "This is too much. This is too much. Too many players." And with almost too nine thousand yeah. small breweries, and I was like, "Well, welcome to <laughs>
0: welcome it's, it's to Australia." It's fascinating, though. I mean, I don't know if any of you are um, American politics like followers. A lot of yeah, so and if stuff, I can yeah. ignore it. Um, so I'm pretty addicted at the moment, and so. This whole piece around um, large monopoly consolidation is Mm -hmm. actually something that the Biden administration is – their administration is really prominently addressing or or talking about, mostly in the tech sector, but actually talking about how consolidation is impacting small businesses. So Mm -hmm. it is sort of um, part of the zeitgeist of sort of what's going on, that conversation. So, you know, that's interesting. The thing that is really different – in our market that I think it gets lost and in, in, um, I know it's being looked at in New Zealand as well, but there's there might be the duopoly on the brewing side that mm. you've pointed out, but it's actually the duopoly in the retail side. Yes. That is just so
2: – the US does not have that. Mm-hmm. So that makes it – They do in the distribution channels but not in the actual retail outlet type things. S- yeah.
0: So they just don't have that same – Thing where across all states in the U.S. you can go to two places to buy your yep, booze, yep. and yep. so I. And just... that is so
2: weird to me, coming from a country where you don't have that, and you just go to a supermarket, or there are small independent.
1: One thing I'll, I'll throw in because it is this is where local um, factors come into play because Australia is a huge, um, you know, geographic country with mm-hmm. very small centralized population. Oh, sorry, with with population. A small number of population centres, so that there are logistics, and it does seem, yeah, in a a small population base. And on one hand, efficiencies bring prices down for consumers, and efficiencies come from scale. And so I, 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 Mm -hmm. I get that argument, but on the same time, the competition law in Australia doesn't protect small, dynamic. Um, you know, th- there seems to be a model in Australia across any industry. You've got one or two big players where the consolidation has come. You get a small dynamic player who gets to a certain size.
0: And then gets acquired.
1: Well, the, and, and I, I saw this uh, craft beer in the 80s. Well, what was micro-brewing in, in the 80s? The big brewers try and out-compete you first and it's only when they can't that's when they acquire you but so nothing ever grows to to the next level um, and it, it, it's complicated it's, it's mm-hmm. not a simple but I mean as in
0: New Zealand is just looking at the supermarket duopoly there and mm-hmm. and I know from a craft beer perspective you know if you can't get into the supermarket chains um, and you can't the other the flip side of it is if you can't provide enough product for the supermarket chains then you really are
2: missing yep. out on a huge volume and to be in every single one that's right nationally rather than just one or two which well, Laura i know they that to point
0: on ballistic didn't she yes. you know she mm-hmm. made that exact point that the growth that as soon as you get into one they want to be nationally ranged yep. and you're like wow that that's huge so mm-hmm. i don't know like i think it's the landscape is really different um than the u.s in some ways but mm-hmm. those thresholds if anything continue to Point to something isn't quite right okay. in our market, and, and we'll, the only yeah. way it's going to change and is when you've regulatory. Got the
1: policeman, which is the ACCC, because mm. uh, we all like to bash the C for not getting involved in the market. Yep. But
2: they just haven't got the power. They're not
1: the regulator, they are the policemen. So, mm. you know, the, the, the police can't make up the laws mm-hmm. and say, we don't like that behaviour, we're going to arrest you for it. Mm-hmm. The politicians need to make the laws. And so we've seen, Claire did a story um, about the ACCC calling for more powers so they could actually, you know, intervene. Yeah. Well, um, it'd be
0: interesting to see whether, I mean, whether this, if anything, is part of the next election platform because, um, you No know, one
1: wins the votes on... I uh-huh. don't
0: know, but it's it's, it's unless it's that you link tame. it to
2: the con- and unless you link it to the consumer thing because that's right the whole impact that that's what Except they it care tends about tends to bring
1: prices to see, and 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 this is one this of the is things what this because says, the Australian though. competition and consumer organi- they mm. only look at prices and the huge consolidation and particularly when you start looking at the vertical integration mm-hmm. and things like that it does bring prices down by and large for consumers yeah. because um. they're screwed. Down.
0: If, if I was to make the – so if I was to go to sort of the conversation that's happening in the US that, mm-hmm. you know, I talked about before, they're talking about large consolidation around um, duopoly or single players yep. takes the power away – switching power away from consumers, mm-hmm. which actually ultimately limits consumer choice, yep. which then um, – you know, when you play that through starts to mean that, you know, consumers have no power in the market. They're, they just have to pay whatever happens. And that is happening right now in large organisations who, notwithstanding inflationary pressures, are continuing to um, pass those costs directly onto consumers um, whilst paying executives shitloads of bonuses for making <laughs> profits. So, they're making record profits in an. market market where consumers are paying more. Uh So if you connected all of that together and you think about what's going to unfold in this next federal election and some of the conversations that are happening, you could see this getting wrapped up into that part. And and
1: as um, Claire wrote about in, I think it was a story we did, it was a competition story where we referred to... Line and you know, CUB actually said Australia mm-hmm. is the most profitable, one of yes. the most yes. profitable A, B, in the B, world. When it was, yeah. When, so on one hand, when they when they want to sell their business and talk mm-hmm. it up to value, mm-hmm. they talk about how profitable it is. Yeah. But there when any other time, oh, poor woe is us brewers. And and we might sort of tie that in with that excise argument um, that we touched on Mm -hmm. last week because last week we talked about the campaign from the Brewers Association through the hotel Mm -hmm. lobby and then the federal government actually, I think it was a thought bubble where they're looking at halving excise for a short period of time. Mm -hmm. Um, It'll cost $135 million. um, And so... There was a... Distillers we will come to the sexism, whether Mm -hmm. it's sexist or not, but Mm -hmm. I I was quoted on ABC Radio last weekend um, because I was surprised that the government had actually considered it, but you're looking at... Their argument is hotel sales are down, but particularly in Queensland and, you know, largely nationally, the people who own the hotels also own the bottle shops, so overall beer sales have been fairly standard. So... Tap beer is down, and if you think of who will benefit from a excise. discount of tap beer if it does – and you can argue – I can't believe that excise will actually be – even if the brewers commit to passing it on to hoteliers, mm-hmm. the Australian Hotels Association hasn't committed to pass it on it w- at the tap. It, it oh.
0: won't, I mean, it, it, it's, it's not going to get passed on to the consumer. The consumer is not going Except, to see a reduction in the price of beer. No, they're not. Because all of – if you take – It's 30 cents
1: on on a a schooner of beer was what was quoted.
0: And not just that, but if you you look at the other costs associated with producing beer, and we don't have our own economist um, in the IBA like the Brewers Association does, but if you look at the costs of all of the inputs to beer, margins are tight. Margins are really tight right now because of inflationary pressures on all of these other costs. Mm -hmm. We've got potentially wages growing up, going up, so on and so forth, Um, although... That hasn't really sort of flown through yet. The point is that that thirty cents is going to get swallowed up really, really quickly for mm-hmm. brewers, particularly small brewers, and that's where you know our focus is at this conversation in keeping their margins as they are because the margins are so lean. And, and so this already. is just on tap here. So
1: small brew pubs they will actually keep that excise. Fantastic for them, but they are. Five you know, yeah. percent brewery taproom sales of beer would be probably what three percent of the market. Like small brewery tap, if if they've got ten percent of the market, they're taprooms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the 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 biggest beneficiaries of one hundred thirty five. Million dollars government, largesse will be the big brewers, although they'll pass on to hotels, so it'll be the hotels. Hotel consolidation, which is another thing, you know, the Australian Hotels Association portrays hotels as being small mum and dad, you know, family businesses. Mm -hmm. But you've got Australian Venue Co., you've got Coles, you've got Woolies, you've got these huge $100 million entities that are consolidating hotels. Mm -hmm. They're the ones that will benefit. They won't pass on the excise because it's only 30 cents. So, it's it, it's a bit of Scott Morrison ukulele playing, um, but, trying to sort of appeal <laughs> to... No, but it is. It, 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 it know, makes a I great mean, tabloid but, newspaper but headline, it, but well, it won't benefit. Or, if you wanted to use $135 million, actually give it I in mean, a way that actually that, has benefits. Well, this
0: is what I was going to say. I mean, there are so many other ways that if you were looking for government support directly yes. for the industry, there are things... We need manufacturing jobs, we need more brewers, we need um, – there are so many ways that you could spend money to directly – $135 million and I get that there's a difference between
1: I, That getting, $135 million was from memory, by the way, so okay. don't quote me on that. So
0: there's a lot of way you could spend a lot of millions of dollars yes. and I get that there's a difference between never collecting it and, and finding it somewhere else so you can hand it out, but there are ways – You know, there there are so many other things that the industry needs.
1: But looking at that, is it sexist?
2: Oh. (laughs) Why on earth would they have brought that into it? Why would you make this a gendered issue? That's insane. That is so against what so many in the industry, so many marketing people in the industry have tried to do for years. I would
0: (laughs) hope that someone in the big breweries, in the drinks association in all of the all of the Brewers Association yeah. absolutely slammed <laughs> these people for making these statements because it that, does wow. everything. I mean this is, is Matt. It's so eye. harmful. It's so harmful and it yeah. is such a um I mean I don't know the person quoted Greg... If going to fight sexism, fight real sexism. and cocktails. Australia Greg cheese. Holland. Greg Holland. Um, I'm guessing... I don't want to make cast aspersions <laughs> about what mind. this man looked like. <laughs> but... I mean, imagine making those statements and wow. that's like saying only... But that's what lobbying is. You, 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 chicks, you, you. chicks drink cocktails. Chicks drink cocktails, <laughs> bought beer, men drink beer. I yeah. mean, imagine being a chief executive and perpetrating a narrative like that.
1: But, I, but you're looking at what the zeitgeist uh, is and you'd frame your argument to try and... I don't and think
0: that's what this was. This is just... Uh, this I is verbal
2: diarrhoea. I f- <laughs>
0: I'm going to swear. I lost it. <laughs> Did you? I was so...
1: Where's the swearing in that? I Sorry, <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean to be a stickler. Is it? I,
0: I have... Okay. She's thinking. About you swear. have thoughts. I um, toned that. I was so angry when I read this. I just thought you were harming the entire alcohol industry. Yeah. How could someone from the beer industry sit across you and try and work with you? Imagine if that was a woman head mm-hmm. of something... Head of the IBA trying to work with Spirits and Cocktails Australia to lobby government yep. and when um, apparently Kylie doesn't drink beer. Oh go <laughs> yourselves, man.
2: I was anyway. so mad. Oh, Moving on. So shut up, Greg. Um, shut line up, Greg. Owner, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: anything in line <laughs> owner owner Kiran to exit Myanmar Venture? It certainly wasn't a um, – we, we didn't do that as a screaming point. No, there, we didn't been, go wild. There'd been stories pointing to, you know, particularly – Anyone that wanted to kick a big brewer points to the Myanmar thing. We thought yep. it was worth just covering that too. We're
2: balanced. If they do stuff wrong, we point it out. If they do stuff right, we might point it out. Mm. No, we do. And it was out. certainly you – know, <laughs> I
1: hadn't seen this uh, – there's been a discussion about it, so mm. uh, good on them for doing it. Now, this is one of our favourites, uh, <laughs> so get your bingo cards ready. COVID oh, drinking conti- disputes continue. Now, I'm just going uh, to read this out because I had a couple of really great um, – uh, you know those um, – uh, Uh, we've done it before, you know, the the thought process errors, Mm -hmm. you know, logical fallacies. Mm -hmm. Um, So I had a couple come up. And uh, the Shirky principle is is what we're calling this. Institutions will try and preserve the problem to which they are the solution. It's the best way to ensure their survival and growth. Examples include planned obsolescence and the various industrial uh, complexes, military, prison, pharmaceutical. You know, this is where the Foundation for Alcohol yeah. Research and Education, want to prolong the yeah, problem with drinking because it prolongs their, <laughs> their relevance. existence, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and and this, this is a great example. So we've got FAIR releasing a report saying that pandemic drinking was bad yep. and then you've got the Alcohol uh, Beverages Australia coming out and arguing it. Mm-hmm. Go read both, yep. you know. Um,
2: That's why we put them side by side. So I'd go read yeah. them
1: um, and then you know, go look at the data. Um, but of course, there's very little data. Um,
2: what a surprise. And the, mean, da- the data isn't there. They've just recycled incidentally, the Incidentally, this
1: is where cherry-picking data um, – so just going back to the um, uh, excise story, the Brewers Association um, you know, talked about as- Australians drank 20 million fewer schooners you know, in the last quarter of last year. Yes, they did from tap beer, but they didn't overall. They switched their purchasing, and it's 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 where you you, you frame your argument um, in a way that is ultimately misleading. Um, so anyway, <laughs> but go go read the original data. Um, portfolio uh, good drinks. Anything out of the good drinks? Um, Gage Roads.
2: No, happily chugging along. They're doing well. They've opened the Gage Road site over in Perth. Watch out for some new venues this year, um, and they are going to be moving back on the contract brewing thing. Um, but yeah,
0: yeah so that, was that, that,
1: that was interesting, but again... Yes, yes. So,
0: Claire, that is, they are having their beer made under contract as opposed no, to no, they, they are, are, contract are contract brewing for, they, other, for other people.
2: people. Yeah.
0: So, this would be really interesting for me because I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Yeah. Um, how many other... How many of the larger breweries... Um, so we know that several people have talked about it. Oh, we—I think even Ballistic uh, Lauren talked about yep. it the other week. We've got a bit of spare capacity.
2: So yeah, Top Nation—they've just launched contract brewing they, this week. They they've did. got a bit of space. Yeah,
0: everyone, every brewery I seem to know is contract brewing for a brewing brand. Mm-hmm. So this comes back to this: like, what does it take to be a brand? And that's like the Brews News map is it, all of these brands doesn't increase the. Capacity. Capacity in the country for the amount of beer to be made. It just increases the number of brands that are available. Yeah,
2: fills the space in existing breweries.
0: Yeah, and so it fills the space in existing breweries. But for consumers, Mm -hmm. it essentially... Makes the shelves more competitive. Yes, right. So you brew it. You're making beer for someone who's going to compete side by side with Does you. It for your- but you're well, also I don't getting know. this is my. But like, well,
2: you're also getting paid for that as well. So it's not like you aren't getting. Ge- you're getting a nothing lot of the
1: brands that are contract brewing because at the at the moment we've seen we've seen a lot of breweries that have invested in growth. Yeah. Um, and so they've. Potentially, you know, it, it's
0: yeah. They've overinvested in kits. So well,
1: that no, they can I, I did want to. That, that's where I was being very careful in my words. I didn't want to say overinvested. They have planned yeah. to increase by more than they need now, and then they've got capacity yeah. and they can take in somebody else's production yeah. while they grow, um, and yeah, which brings yeah, their yeah, own yeah, cost yeah. of production down yeah. um, in that sense. And so, it, so and, it, that, and that gives a very, a very small brand. Capacity because, like, you're not going to go to a, yeah, um, a brewery, you're not going to go to a Casella um, or yeah. a you know, a, a brick lane, um or a tribe to contract brew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you just want, yeah, um, and you see that yeah. all the
0: time. I mean, even in Brisbane, you know, the amount of breweries that are brewing for someone else or yeah. you know, within your region, right? I just think it's a fascinating unable to lift the window on what are the actual volumes what are the what are the arrangements who makes money Mm -hmm. how hard is it to manage multiple brands how do you keep the quality going what is the if you're a small brewery and you've never done a major contract in your life how do you do that well when it's Mm. gauge roads because they're going to hold the pen like there's all of that stuff i just think is fascinating Well, maybe
1: that's something we can uh, look into. We
2: shall. Now,
1: Claire, I've got to take you to task. Um, Your reportage of brew this week made it actually sound like there was some good news um, out Uh. of it.
2: I said touts, okay? <laughs> that was my – I was trying to be as impartial as possible and saying, this is what they're saying. I have nothing to do with it. I'm not telling you it's true or not. This is what they're saying.
1: Um. So it's a lo- it tout in inverted commas. Yeah,
2: and I, I was like, is I was Matt gonna me going to going- let get <laughs>
1: away with it. It is the constant battle um, in journalism. You know, when you actually – Brew is saying one thing and if you've got any industry knowledge at all – um, you realise that it's mm-hmm. not the story that you know. They are putting; they really are rolling the um, yep. little brown cigar in glitter. Um, That's it. Trying to make it um, because <laughs> whatever they're selling, you know, they're selling fifty thousand cartons of beer for less. than And it that was them in like it. nearly
2: a year as well. Like yep. that wasn't it. And I think I I wrote it like this on purpose because as soon as you look at the numbers you're like oh <laughs> okay yeah. so they aren't doing that uh they fig- finished the quarter in a negative cash position again, using again what is they've it got like?
1: more sophisticated investors pumping them <laughs> up you know it, it, it look- Sooner or later. Anyway, the magic carpet has got to, you know.
2: As someone else pointed out as well, that they've got a loan facility on the Ballarat property, interest payable at 14% per uh, annum, uh, fully uh, drawn down and secured against Ballarat. And I was like, you bet. Don't even fucking own that. You're going to have to give that back to Development Victoria. I'll tell you what, it's (laughs)
1: going to be a huge story if (laughs) Development Victoria lets them sell it for a $6 million profit. I'd Um, be disgusted. I think
2: the Victorians should get up in arms against that. That would be shocking. Anyway, we'll follow that up. I'll ask about Development Victoria. I believe that option was up this month, um, so it might be beginning of March we hear about that.
1: Um, more from ABAC. Again, go read that if you are in the – we probably don't need to cover it. Was there anything really notable?
0: Um that- the Ash Barty thing was. Yeah. To- I mean, I was screaming reject. at the television because she wasn't, um, didn't have a indie beer, because um, you know they didn't bring her over indie yeah. beer yeah. Um, or Australian. But that would have owned sp- brands. I get it. Look, it was like I understand what happened, but she literally took one sip, and uh, as I was watching it, as someone in the beer industry, I was thinking. It's so great that that's still a thing, like let's Mm -hmm. celebrate by having a beer. And it wasn't let's celebrate by… I
1: was just pleased it wasn't a shoey. I'm sorry. <laughs> so this is
0: my point, right? It was like, let's sit you know, down. No one shooies
1: wine. And, you know, so when yeah. everyone shooies a beer, it just actually brings the industry Right.
0: In. So they brought it over. It was in a beautiful bucket. She had one sit yep, and talked yep. about sitting around having a beer. It was like, a, and I actually thought that was a nice, yep. like it showed you that an elite sports person who's a decent human can have a couple sits of beer yep. and enjoy themselves Meanwhile, responsibly. Uh, the yep. fair's
1: yep. heads were exploding. I know it that, sounded yeah. it, it sounded like a fireworks display. as heads around the oh, country you know, exploded. And
0: I, just, I mean, I remember being sort of surprised it was was happening as it was happening yep. and I wonder if there was a discussion afterwards at the television broadcaster but I thought it was good for beer right yep. like I thought mm. it was a good example of beer so to see this come up I'm like calm down people. I do yeah. also
1: understand the argument about normalizing drinking and it's it, it you know on, on a beer podcast this is going to get a lot of people going shaking their heads but one of the big problems and one of the reasons that we're seeing such a swing at, against alcohol at the moment is drinking was so normalized and across the course of my whole career whenever I've spoken on radio you get situations where you're introduced when you're speaking on a radio station where they do I'd love to have a beer with Duncan or you know mm. uh, a Simpsons song you know one of the beer songs oh, I see. and you know and I always go look you know that's not what I want I don't want to talk about drinking I don't want to talk about hangovers because so you know so often the day after the grand final You've got the panellists looking at the very dishevelled winning captain. And, you know, the first question is, how's the head, mate? How did you party hard? And the expectation that to celebrate and drink involves overindulgence normalises a really negative impact of beer. Um, But that's also where, you know, she took one little sip. It wasn't doing a shoey, which, again, has a, a negative connotation to it. It's not so saying, well, you can have a... Beer and enjoy it in a healthy and responsible way, and it's and it's respectful, and it's one of those. If you were going to have a
0: glass of champagne, nobody would bat an eyelid, right? If you're going to do it because nobody shotgun champagne,
1: nobody shotguns, uh, you know, a bottle of wine. Because you can't shotgun a bottle of wine, but you know, but yeah.
0: So uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with you that that piece around. Overindulgence was maybe normalised, but it's certainly starting to not be right. Which is the the point that but we're going to But that's where is right the now. industry
1: because the more that you see mainstream media, you know, if stealth marketing, if that's what it was, if stealth marketing does then become negative, you know, look rather than just saying, look, you can have a drink responsibly, which is actually well, a significant it, that, change of drinking culture in Australia. The
0: ABAC um, Claire's report that ABAC. Uh, oh, that was uh, actually they, Vivian. Oh, Isn't Vivian's me? report. Vivian, yeah.
1: um, that would be our journalist, Vivian Topalovic.
0: The brand owner, the Peroni owners, they didn't know it was going to happen. So the, ho- mm. the part of the reason that it wasn't marketing for ABAC purposes was it wasn't stealth marketing. Mm. It was yeah. in fact something that just happened yep. yeah. by no the producers spontaneously. Yeah. So on and so although,
1: it's, it's, and this is where again heads mm-hmm. will explode at fair because they will sort of you know they are convinced that all of this is grooming. Children, and it's all, um, but and but again, it's just Think something that we've talked about right. on the podcast, um, you know, where we get media releases where having seen the media release that's come in that hints at something, then journalists who aren't bound by the mm-hmm. marketing communications of, of yep. ABAC then start talking about healthy beer and things yes, like that. Yes,
2: which Hello Drinks got brought up on because they were making like overt health claims mm-hmm. about beer and talking about how healthy beer was, yes, and yeah. that's. They they were upheld. The um, back panel upheld that because it was so overt. <laughs> well, that, that, that's what I was saying
1: last week. You know, when I was speaking on uh, ABC uh, about it, and then followed by the guy who was a researcher for Fair. Yeah, you know, I was one that was saying you can't make any, anything with alcohol in by nature isn't healthy. You know, you just can't well, claim I, that, and you know, know every, leaving the Fair guy nowhere to go.
0: I I know every week I bring up an NZ example, but Steinlager um, have got a really nice sort of marketing spiel going on at the moment in NZ where they've got there's Steinlager normal and then there's Steinlager zero and they're yep. saying like a choice for every occasion and yep. they're sort of saying, you know, today you might want one with booze in it, tomorrow you might want one without and both of those are okay options and and the way they position it is really thoughtful to yep. not cross that line. It says you've got the choice. Um, we're not positioning as healthy but we are saying if you want to not drink and I, I just think it's... it's
1: but that's where I find the, you know, like fair complaints about, uh, they complained previously way back about Heineken, you know, zero. Heineken zero. You oh, know, yeah. for, for the drive-through. Yeah. yeah. Well, we don't know stuff. it was them. Well.
2: <laughs> <laughs> just saying, yes, it, was it was all some, alleged. Some.
1: Just casual person who was offended <laughs> and who knows um, the
2: ABAC code inside, yeah, inside and out. Anyway, yeah. <laughs>
1: um. But and but that's the thing, and, and, and this is where um, that principle, the the shirky principle. Yeah. They actually don't want to solve the problem. They want to create a problem that they. Are seen as yep. being instrumental to in solving because that keeps them alive.
2: Yeah, yep. perpetuate their existence. Whereas
1: the brewing industry is actually, as Sabrina said last week, is actually making meaningful and constructive education about. Because they don't want people to stop drinking because mm-hmm. they're not anti-alcohol, but they yeah. want to make sure that they're seen as a good corporate. And there's just that balance of, you know, interest. So anyway, That's it. Um, Little Creatures we actually talked about last week in yes, part we of did. our big uh, and the on-site brewing opportunity. Yes, uh, was that great? Uh, yeah, so That was nice. Again, like a little bit of a house plug for us. We were so successful in helping Bridge Road find uh, a, a venue that, that they've come back. They've got more venues. And so if you are a business, so um, if you're looking at opening a brewery, then uh, yeah. Um, cool. So that is below the fold. Now, who posted? Who shared this one? Boston Beer revenue tops um, two billion in twenty twenty one.
2: I just spotted that on Brewbound, I believe, and just highlighting the seltzer thing again. Yeah, yep. <laughs> I'm intrigued. I'm gonna I'm gonna start speaking to some brewers who've done seltzers and see how they're doing because we do tend to follow the US in trends. So maybe we're having an all right year. in seltzers. I don't know. I haven't seen that many well, out see, and about. I, I, I think or? seltzer is
1: one of those ones that there is a little bit of a halo effect because there's so much Mm. attention overseas and people want what comes overseas. Mm -hmm. But... Our alcohol market is fundamentally different from the US's in another way because we do have a lot of premixed. We do have a yep. lot of, yep. you know, alternative beverages that seltzer was nominally replacing. It doesn't have that healthy thing. It's the West Coast cooler of the now. It's the vodka cruiser. It's, it's having a moment. It's it's not like an insignificant thing. I think um, the
0: moment's passed. The
1: bigger one for me was, and I'll put a link in the show notes to uh, the Brewbound podcast, um, which is. Probably the closest, as we've said in the past, the closest site to Bruise News in the US. And they've got a podcast and they looked at the Monster um, acquisition of, um, Monster Soft Drinks um, acquisition of the Kaneki Group. And their discussion about that was fascinating. I might even see if I can get Justin on the podcast for a little insert next week Mm. to talk about it because they would, one of the things that fascinates me about the closing loop of the, beverage industry and we've looked at it um you know craft 15 years ago was craft didn't use adjuncts it didn't use enzymes it didn't it was traditional brewing um Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that that is all close so brewers are now talking about how innovative they're being by using all of these modern brewing techniques were once an anathema to the thing that kicked off to the mindset that kicked off craft beer um but another element was beer small brewers were taking back the drinks industry and we're going to make it about the liquid we're going to make it about the product mm. we are providing better beer and we're just about beer not those you know the, the problem with line and cub or whatever they were 15 years ago was you know they're multi-beverage companies they're, they're not invested yeah. in the category because yeah. they don't give a shit whether you're, you're drinking wine or vodka yeah. or things like that and suddenly the real you know and the, this um brewbound podcast was saying that you know oh, we're starting to realise that consumers don't care whether it's beer. We need to satisfy all of their occasion drinking and beer can't fit every occasion, so we need to be seltzer, we need to be wine. and.
0: But also I think it comes back to the point that you were making earlier, I think, Claire, you made it about distribution, mm-hmm. right? So that there is more consolidation around distribution and if yep. you have lots of products, your distribution is more efficient and therefore you've got cost savings. And so... Um, You know, across a portfolio, if beer has got low margins but spirits has got high margins but you're shipping them at the same time, you are making more money. Yeah. And so, you know, maybe it's a little bit like something else where your spirits are offsetting the cost of you making decent beer. Yeah, that's it.
1: Uh, Um. Again, no value. Like I often get accused of when I make these points – that I've got a view, but it's just highlighting the, yeah. the, 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 the narrative of the craft beer industry when it started was, we're about beer, we're going to build the beer category, and now suddenly those, some of those same businesses or businesses have entered, a, the, the narrative is changing due to market forces. And I've got another little uh, um, anomaly, uh, well, it's something that I want to bring up, not the Shirky principle, um, mm. this one is the narrative market fit. News and commentary are products, so they follow market pressures. The more a story fits in a fashion or meets a strong consumer demand, the more likely it has been crafted purely for an audience engagement and the less you should trust it. Like on the alcohol-free beer. So, so that's the alcohol-free beer is an example of that, yeah, the no-low, where the stories about no and low alcohol become content that's a product in itself yeah. that actually distorts the story because they want to pander to a mindset or they want to sell that as a story. And the other um, – so I've been doing a bit of reading this week. So, I know, um, we've still got like eight things Twyman's, to talk about. Twyman's <laughs> Law. The more no- notable the data, the more likely it's wrong. That's because errors in data manipulation are far more common than genuine notable results. Conversely, the more boring the data, the more trustworthy. Same sort of thing. If you see a thing sort of saying alcohol-free beer is up 3,000%, as we've seen mm-hmm. – that is feeding into a narrative. So these principles are all part of the problem with news Did today.
0: You ever, I think <laughs> this comes from How I Met Your Mother. Did you ever watch How I Met Your Mother?
1: Yeah, Sadly,
2: occasionally.
0: Remember Barney used to like always give out statistics and I'm pretty yeah. sure the statistic was like 83%. So like, you, you <laughs> always, always 83%. <laughs> use 83% <laughs> because it just sounds like it's a number that nobody yeah. will sort of question. So um, that always sticks in my mind. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so you,
1: you, you said we've got other things. So... Uh,
0: So these are my things, I think. So I um, put out a bit of a question to the Radio Brews News Group around um, a little project that I'm working on around trying to understand how people in the industry, how consumers, how everybody thinks about what is low alcohol. And so this is to your point um, earlier, Matt. You know, we talk about no low, but what actually is low? low, so mm-hmm. we're pretty clear on what is no, but what constitutes low alcohol? Yep. Um, and got heaps of really great responses back, and the one that seems to sort of be um the most uh, sort of acceptable, I guess, is that zero alk is 0%, low alk is 0.5 to 2%, and then you've kind of got light beer 2 to 2.9, mid 3 to 3.9, session 4 to 4.7, and full
2: strength point Point seven and above. Um, does it stress you out that it's point seven and 0.9? Because it stresses me out. Why um, have they done that? Why, why? <laughs> Where I, does that come from? I,
0: I don't know. But what I do know is when you look at a lot of um, what I've been looking at a lot of out of data, they do fall into that sort of random point seven, and, and I'm that's because it's between point five and five, oh. and I don't know if that changes. There's an excise oh, okay. threshold there. I yeah, don't know. Um, other people have pointed out it relates to. You know, standard drinks per pint, as opposed to right. Um, yes. they think about it rather than ABV. How many standard drinks per pint? Yeah, um, and so on and so forth. But it what it really showed was that there is no commonly held view around what is low alcohol. Is and it so again a eat, marketing
2: thing? Like we decided this is low alcohol, so we're telling you it's low alcohol, so accept that it's low alcohol. Yeah,
0: but it does. I mean, it's back to this sort of response you know, it's part of that responsible drinking piece. Well, you
1: there's, know. That, there's that 1.15, which is an excise rule. Level, which doesn't ooh,
0: seem to matter to anyone.
1: Because it's not a marketing... Yeah, so mm. it's not a marketing thing. But then we often see... Australia is one of the biggest mid strength, which a mid strength isn't a globally recognized definition either. Well, it so this is the
0: point. So in Australia, yes. people go 3.5% is mid strength.
1: Yep, because that and 20% of our market. So we have one of the biggest mid strength markets in the world, which is why Corona, Heineken, Peroni all you know, had their mid strength beers that mm-hmm. they piloted in Australia because we, you get to trial the brand and the beer not have to blaze the path of getting people to drink a 3.5% beer the way you would in most jurisdictions. Mm.
0: It's so fascinating. If you look at the way that the US Brewers Association uses their style guidelines, a session Mm -hmm. beer is under 5%. So in our climate, in in the Australian market, a 3.5% mid-strength is sort of a sessionable beer. And in the US definition that is used Mm -hmm. around the world – yeah, session beer is five percent. But that's where
1: drink driving rules, excise, and all mm-hmm, of those sorts mm-hmm. of things come in. Um, I, t- I totally
0: yeah. agree, but it just goes to—I think the point that I was looking at was you know people all perceive that number, that percentage number, differently. Mm-hmm.
2: And isn't so it interesting t- that if you said that a three point two was a low alcohol, people would be like, mm, probably not. So you know, and people know in their minds when they see it. I don't what know. It is. So
0: like I, you know, my point was that when I'm thinking. Low,
2: mm.
0: I think three point five percent and under. Um, and several people were the same. Low is less than five. Five mm-hmm. percent um, is mid. Oh. And and if you look at the sort of the okay. haze craze, and you look at what has happened in terms of our market, we went to seven eight percent. B yep. is a really standard. Six point four a really standard. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, I just think it's really fascinating to watch. Anyway, and it was really great contribution from everybody in the group. Um, and just you know, just interesting.
2: Yeah, thanks for everyone that contributed. That was very the
1: interesting. best Facebook group again. The, you know, the best
2: group that happens to be on Facebook.
1: Yeah, About there. in terms of <laughs> the engagement and the uh, you know and when quality ma- of the feedback. The quality of the feedback mm. and the insight and things like that. And there's a lot of industry lurkers who who keep an eye on it, but then. For stuff like that, they jump in. So, yeah,
0: I mean, Kieran made the point that um, notwithstanding the excise levels, um, Kieran Allen made the point that notwithstanding excise levels, each state has got different rules around percentage and so not a lot of consensus but 1.15 to 3.5 is best because of all of the state rules. So that was really interesting.
1: Cool. Then modern times closure.
2: Oh, Yes. So also got posted in the Facebook group.
0: Uh, yeah, so also in the Facebook group, and um, you know, I think that went down on Monday. In the US, announced um, a closure of a bunch of their venues. It's resulting in you know um, heaps of staff being let go. It's as a result of um, new management coming on board, which were in part came about as a result of sort of the allegations that arose around misconduct in, in the organisation. But what was really interesting was they really talked about the COVID implications, the COVID environment, the complexity of ongoing lockdowns, strict COVID regimes in California on modern times. And I, I just thought it was a really interesting example. Um, so,
2: New Zealand is just starting to face all of this, of course, because they've been closed for so long. Same with Western Australia, same with the Northern Territory, same with Tasmania. All the brewers I've spoken to there recently are like, oh God, we've had two years where it's been steady away and now we're opening or COVID's finally coming in and this is like a weird, horrible, delayed reaction. It's a
0: delayed reaction. So, you know, New South Wales and Victoria have kind of, been through been through it yep. earlier than we did. Queensland have just come through it and we yep. know yep. breweries have closed um, a- around Brisbane. We know hospitality businesses have done it really mm-hmm. hard, not just because of formal lockdowns but because people are yep. not prepared to go out or afraid to go out that's happening in
2: New Zealand they're trying to get their rat tests they can't get them. Absolutely and now we don't have the support that we had during COVID so we don't have JobKeeper we don't have like moratoriums on rent we don't have anything like that anymore.
0: And so I think you know we've talked about kind of long COVID quote-unquote in terms of the health implications but I think Mm -hmm. it's going to be really fascinating to see you know those venues that have just gotten through that have held on either in Australian locations in New Zealand or elsewhere that have held on through COVID Mm. that, you know, just just can't quite come out the other side or where they've got... I am worried.
2: I'm worried that we're going to see more in the next year or so than we ever saw during COVID. And
0: definitely, I mean, Lauren talked about, you know, they're just starting to see customers coming back on a whim into some of the ballistic facilities in Queensland, but that it's changed the hospitality workforce long-term. Yes. So, you know, I just think there is going to be this long string of... um, of implications, you know, modern modern times is an example where sort of new people came in and looked at it and just went, we're not financially viable. But what does that look like in Australia? We know that there's so many breweries wanting to get in, but what does it actually mean for those that have sort of, you know, overcapitalised? I just just have it on the radar as this sort of, I don't think, you know, the impacts of COVID. I mean, BrewCon, too uncertain. We're still going to close. It's all still here, you know. Mm -hmm. To
1: echo... Claire's, um you know, concerns. I, I think the, the the first two years of COVID, when it was government locking down and government, mm-hmm. and then there were job keeper and That's things right. like that. There was that underlining support, and it's, you know, it's one of those care for what you wish for because you had a lot of the tourism and travel and hospitality, um, people saying just let it rip, let it go out there. But of course, once we've seen it, the government's are saying, well, we'll open the, the market. Staff are getting sick consumers but, are protecting their own health and not going out so it's the voluntary um well, this lockdown this is i mean
0: this is precisely what's happening in New Zealand but right now but there's no government
1: support so mm-hmm. you've got the worst of the lockdown you know of yep. unofficial lockdowns but then no government support. And I think that's putting a lot of stress on well, hospi- businesses. Yeah.
0: Hospitality in New Zealand have just come out and said, look, government, we need support for hospitality specifically because yep. people are, yes, we've got these um, restrictions, which are not the same as a full lockdown, but the net result of those restrictions and Omicron finally getting into the, or, or, or COVID at all finally mm-hmm. sort of making its way through the country is that people aren't going out, but there isn't that support available. And they're kind of on the tail of, end of it from the world. Yeah, so like the rest of the world is starting to move on, and yeah, you've yeah. got these the little peak's pockets been hit
2: and all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. WA, like you just said, Claire, WA yep. is the same, and so it is. Um, you know, it is the worst of both worlds. Government support is gone. Yep. people are too and afraid. So, to people yeah. consumer spending affected by it. is not happening in hospitality yep. in particular. That's it.
2: Yeah, um, and also in the Northern Territory, I spoke to you, the lovely Kyle Pearson at Alice Springs last week, and because there's been a delayed reaction. The government has been focusing on their immediate COVID response, health mm. concerns. Yeah. Obviously, there's lots of vulnerable people and vulnerable communities there. So that has been their focus, which means that things like crime in Alice Springs is like way down the list of things they care about. Yeah. About hospitality opening. Th- the things that are very specific to an area they're completely far down the list nobody cares about them when they're trying to deal with that much bigger issue Uh, and I think we're going to see the impact of that in the next in the coming year I guess Mm. which is sad sad but there we go there Um, we
1: go Mailbag and uh, we need to thank the New Zealand once we can travel um, and get over July
0: July, July it looks,
1: it's looking. So start your planning now. Start your search engines and send them to <laughs> www.nzaltrail.com or at nzaltrail on social media, and you can start researching the best experiences in New Zealand. Let me see, in response to the uh, proposed beer discount slammed as sexist by uh, Spirit Cocktails Industry um, that was posted by Daniel Ridd. Thank you, Daniel. Uh, Dan Rayner, assuming this is true and assuming a drop in the price of beer would really only benefit men in a pub, what if the publican does with this suggested policy exactly what she is and is expected to what if the public left the prices exactly as they are and just pockets the extra profit which is I suspect what will actually happen. So then <laughs> yes and particularly given apparently the AHA hasn't come out and given an undertaking that its members would actually join. <laughs> there
2: we go. And we're out. Boom.
1: Don't forget if you like what we do at Radio Brews News you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You can find details in the show notes. You can review our podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcasting service. Let us know what you think and help others discover the show. Finally, you can tell us directly what you think by sending an email to producer at BruiseNews.com.au. All letters received will receive a Brews News bottle opener. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because beer is a conversation.